bless you each and every one. We greet you in the name of the Lord, both here and on the uh, internet. Just pray that God will just meet with you each and every one in a very, very special way this morning. We're so thankful that we can gather together in this way and and feed on the Word of God. In Christ alone, my hope is found. Just join with me in this song. For it is in Christ alone that we have our hope and our stay. Our faith is anchored. And He is the cornerstone and the solid ground. Amen. I love the words in this song. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when
trusting to the unseen hand. I'm trusting to the unseen hand that guides me
of a snow white dove just feel the presence of the Lord coming down in our midst and as we sing praises unto him and I'm going to ask our, our brother Tim to come and take us to prayer this morning just we want to sing this song together just before we go to prayer on the wings of a snow white God sends his pure sweet love aside from above on the wings of a dove on the wings of a snow from our sister Cheryl Goss uh, she had requested prayer for her her uh, dad and her, her uncle I believe it was some time ago and she's just writing in that her dad has been moved to a hospital in his town his recovery is slow but progressive and the prayer request is for her stepmother's brother Chris who's been diagnosed with cancer of the tongue and is scheduled to undergo surgery on the 8th of October 
So we just want to remember that the Lord would intervene and we also pray for stepmother's strength. She's tired dealing with uh, issues. We just want to bring those before the Lord and Brother Tom as well. Brother Tim, why don't you come and take us in prayer. Amen. Let's bow our heads together. If you have a need, why don't you just slip your hand up to the Lord as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are mindful of us. That you have made for us a high priest that can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Lord, as we sing this song, we hear it played, Lord, on the wings of a dove. You send your sweet love. Lord, our brother Tom's in the hospital, Lord. Multiple procedures to try and get everything right in his leg and his ankle, Lord. Father, we pray that the wings of a dove would descend into that hospital room. May you just come near him in sweetness, in comfort, O God. And touch his mortal body, Lord. Give him a quick healing, Father, we pray. Oh, remember our brother Ron Spencer and all the things that he's going through. May you come on the wings of a dove to him this morning, Lord. Just comfort him and strengthen him. Heard this morning of new cases of this uh, virus that's traveling around, different churches that are affected, different families, Lord. To each and every one, Lord, we pray that you would draw near on the wings of a dove. And as you draw near, may the devil get scared and flee from each and every one of them, Lord. We ask as we commit them into your hands, entrusting ourselves to you. Sister Goss has written in, O Lord, for her family. Cancer to her relative, O God. Cancer is nothing with you, O God. We're praying you'll come on the scene for that and... Lord, you'll strengthen and comfort those that are wrestling with all of these situations, Lord. And the mother, stepmother, oh God, and all of that, Father, we commit them into your hands as we commit every request to your hand. Lord, we might not know every need, but you know every need. You know every heart. You know every burden. Lord, you are touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Lord, we have many requests. Some may be spiritual this morning. As Brother Murphy comes to bring the word this morning, we are praying, Lord, that as you draw near to your bride, like on the wings of a dove, this is the woman that you love, the church, Lord, the ones that you have redeemed by your grace, the one that you have approached, not just as Savior, but as bridegroom. Oh, Lord, may you express your love to her in a very deep and a very rich way. May you unveil yourself to each and every one in each and every place that they are in their lives and give them answers to their situation. Give them assurance that you're in control of every situation. Give divine inspiration to Brother Murphy as he labors to get himself out of the way. May you just step behind the the veil and just minister to us this morning, we pray. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this opportunity to be gathered together. Lord, many are streaming. Many are gathered even around the world. There will be those streaming this morning, Lord. We just pray that it will be something special to each and every one. And, Lord, a step closer.
to their perfect realization of Jesus Christ in their lives. We commit all to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 You may have your seats. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. You might wonder why I am still standing here. Well, I have an announcement. And uh, I think you need to put the picture up on the screen. Is it? I'll wait for the picture. This is a, this is a young couple here that uh, have uh, one is in the United States and one is in Canada. But regardless of that and the closed borders, I will read the following announcement. Brother Sam and Sister Rebecca, along with Brother Tom and Sister Kim, would like to announce the engagement of their children, Hannah Ray and Caleb Frey. Amen. Uh, I just thought I'd read the announcements before I say I'm thrilled for them. I'm amazed at this young man, Brother Caleb, to have the, um, what could I say, courage to uh, steal away the pastor's eldest and first great-granddaughter, and then the associate pastor's first granddaughter. And I almost, I did ask Grandma, actually, if she wanted to read the announcement this morning, but she declined. And uh, I feel like if Brother Tom was here, he would certainly be making this announcement. So, Brother Tom, I can't stand in for you. I know you're streaming this morning, but God bless you. This is a courageous young man. And uh, God bless Sister Hannah and Brother Caleb and uh, the Ray family and the Frey family. The wedding date is to be announced. God bless you. Tim, Sister O'Kello has got a special for us, and we're going to invite her to come out and sing for us, and while she's coming, let's sing, Victory is Mine. Oh, victory is mine, victory is mine, victory today is mine, well, I
going to be a place won't it be a time oh my my eye hath not seen nor ear heard what the lord has gone to prepare for us praise god we're going to invite our brother murphy to come and just uh come and preach unto us we're looking forward to the word and praise god and i had a song in my mind and now it slipped my mind so let's stand together and sing fill my cup lord Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord, come and quench 
desire, Lord. We come as an empty vessel asking you to fill us up. Lord, how we thank you for the word that you sent it to us. Lord, without this word, what kind of things will be filled it up? We'll be filled up with wine. We'll be filled up with smoke. We'll be filled up with all the filthy things that in this world. We'll be filled up with all the media and every man's idea, all the confusion. But Lord, we can be filled up by the presence of a God. We can be filled up by the word of a God that proved it to be the truth. We can be filled up by the nearness of our God and draw nigh to us to say to our heart, to said, I love you. I send a messenger to you and I call you my bride and you are the spotless and without a wrinkle. Oh God, how we thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray this morning we ask you to fill up us again. Lord, so that you come near to us, fill us with your healing, fill us up with your deliverance, fill us up with the precious word of God, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oh God, fill us up, Lord. We give it all our heart to you. Lord, as we are dedicated to service to you, we just ask you to start to draw nigh to us, Lord. Speak to the hungry heart. Our heart is a thirsty. We want you. There's an that we just cannot have enough of you, Lord. The more we have you, the more we just want you. Lord, we give ourselves to you for service. 
and I continually remember our dear brother Tom and the different needs that are in this church. Lord, not one need that without you noticing it. So, Lord, we just pray that word when we preach in the word of God, when we preach the, as an empty and a yielded vessel, we ask the Lord you speak, Lord. Move and mend the parts and give us a circumcision of the speaker and also the hear so that we can hear the voice of God from heaven. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I just uh, want to greet everyone. And uh, the other day, I would just um, have a little uh, short conversation with Brother Tom while he's uh, uh, still in the hospital. Uh, I know that he's, uh, because of surgery, he cannot uh, text uh, uh, or uh, uh, send a voice or whatever. But um, he, uh, somehow he managed to uh, uh, did a phone call. So uh, so good to hear uh, uh, Brother Thomas's voice. And as usual, he's always a positive and always a smile. But I guess he said every uh, laugh, if we we're talking, I, I heard him. So I try to make the conversation short so I just don't, uh, don't want to make him laugh too much. But um, uh, we're so thankful that God gave us a soldier like that, a warrior of a God. And no matter in what situation, and always upholding the word of God, that faith before the Lord, and give us a, such an example. You know, sometimes we take the, we take the man of God like this, we go through all the difficult the afflictions. And uh, as I was quoted in the scripture last time, uh, for the sake of the body. And uh, uh, I just want to comment to you, Sister Ella, every time I saw you, it's just like inspiration uh, that's um, uh, sitting in a congregation. I think at one time I even prayed as a Lord, do I want to see her now or do I want to see her in future? Uh, in the well, uh, perfect body and walking and running, do I want to see that or I want to see her now? And uh, to be honest, when I see her now, that in this uh, not a perfect body, but still striving uh, for God, still love God, still smiling, that take a force to do that. And it's not a human force to do that. It's a godly force and to do that. And it is uh, your infliction is for the goodness for the body. It's the infliction of the men of a God and the different people that you went through. Even Paul said, my infliction, this body was filled up and for the lacking, for the wanting of the body of Jesus Christ, but for the sick of the body, for the sick of the church. And we're so thankful God put this uh, cloud of a witness to compass at us so that we can take courage and we know that God is not dead. God is still alive. The word is not just knowledge. It's not a book on the shelf, but a book is alive. It's the life of Jesus Christ. We're so thankful for that. Let's turn to the scripture. Book of Judges, chapter 8. Book of Judges, chapter Eight. Let's read from uh, uh, verse one. And the man of uh, Ephraim said unto him, Why hast thou served us thus, that thou callest us not, when thou wentest to fight with the Midianites? And they did chide with him sharply. And he said unto them, 
What have I done now in comparison of you? Is not to the gleaning of the grips of Ephraim better than the vintage of Ebenezer? God has delivered into your hands the princess of uh, the prin- princess of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. And what was I able to do in comparison of you? Then their anger was abated toward him when he had said that. And Gideon came to Jordan and passed it over. He and the three hundred men that were with him faint, yet pursuing them. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. And uh, Lord willing, I would like to um, uh, speak um, uh, a title uh, called The Fant uh, Yet Pursuing. Fant Yet Pursuing. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, Caleb, Hannah. <laughs> uh, so good to hear that. Uh, a young man was so brave and um, uh, well, brave enough uh, to get uh, uh, the associated pastor's daughter and the, uh, the pastor's uh, granddaughter. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, I'm so thankful for, for the Lord that, uh, the young man and the young lady, they can uh, love each other. You know, love is an amazing thing. Uh, it just uh, makes the person, regardless of uh, what's uh, going on, what's happened, they're just facing everything. I just want to fall in love and uh, get a result of it. And we pray the Lord to uh, bless you, Hannah. And uh, also, Brother Caleb, uh, I, I saw that his picture, uh, in, uh, in the states that are over there. And may the Lord uh, uh, grant them. I noticed at a difficult time, they cannot even meet each other in, in here and have to meet in the park and everything. But, you know, when a person falls in love, it's just nothing uh, can uh, stop them. And uh, I think that that's also the type for the bride of Jesus Christ. When you fall in love, it's just nothing can stop her. And uh, also, when they fall in love, nothing can stop Jesus either. That's our bridegroom. That he come down to save it at us and to take us, deliver it us. He said, if I go, I'll prepare it at the place and I'll go, I'll come back to, uh, uh receive you unto me. And, um, so, um, uh, the first I, I saw this scripture, uh, you know, there's many, uh, many times, uh, but, uh, uh, what is really spoke to me is one time when I was in China, um, brother, uh, Tom and I, uh, were minister, uh, to the people over there. And Brother Tom uses the scripture and uh, faint, uh, yet pursuing. And uh, it was a tremendous service that he was uh, uh, spoken at that said it would be a great blessing uh, to the, the people. And then um, uh, as I was uh, looking into this uh, uh, the scripture that again, uh, I, I just feel it is uh, so much uh, uh, fitting for what we're uh, facing uh, right now. And he said, faint, Yet pursuing, and this is not an easy uh, time that we're living uh, living in. Is that the things that, that happens that are around us, and we never gone this road before. And so if a time uh, goes by, uh, continuing on, we probably uh, we're facing a worse condition than what we're facing uh, right now. Uh, I'm not a negative uh, preacher, but uh, I just have to tell you, uh, things won't get better. It just were getting worse and worse. If Lord tarry. And, uh, but we're so thankful the Lord to give us the word to cope with this situation. No matter what um, uh, situation or circumstances that we're going through, but God always have a cure. 
is uh, uh, God has never run out of uh, uh, His uh, wit to uh, dealing with every situation that we are in. He never been defeated. No matter what situation that you are in, no matter how worse and the difficult it seems like that we're facing, you'll find out that the endless resource of God's word always have an answer for Satan's every challenge. So, and um, uh, you know, the, the time that we are living in, uh, we call this, um, uh, uh, Brother Branham gave it a character uh, of this age, and it said about the uh, lowly sin age, he said it's a, uh, uh, one of the character is a uh, soft living and uh, the pressure uh, of this uh, age. Uh, I think when we're talking about uh, soft living, uh, that doesn't need much uh, revelation that we know uh, how soft that is the uh, people uh, can get. And uh, it was just one, uh, one uh, virus uh, that come and uh, the people just knocked them down. And uh, one, uh, uh, you know, certain the sicknesses uh, before, you know, you never heard people uh, like, uh, uh, be soft, uh, uh, like, uh, like what we're now. I remember when I was, uh, a little kids, uh, we're in China, my mom, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the food that they eat, they hardly ever can get an egg. And, uh, uh, because uh, they, they have their, uh, everything is by, um, uh, you have to get a, I think it's called a ration. You know, you have to get a ticket to buy certain things, uh, egg or meat. And you don't eat um, meat all the time. You uh, you probably only eat uh, meat uh, once a year. That's uh, at a Chinese Lunar New Year. That's the time that you were having meat to eat. And for egg is because my mom is um, uh, she was uh, got sick. That's the uh, you know because then they give uh, her a ration that she can uh, eat her egg. And she uh, uh, just so um, uh, treasure that egg and don't want to eat it by herself. And she saved all the egg for our kids. And for us to eat, it has some uh, uh, protein. I think maybe some older people uh, that they will understand uh, they, what they go through. And uh, they, they save that egg for days and months. <laughs> you can't believe it. All the egg become a stinky egg. And then the, uh, for us, oh, we just throw it. But for them, oh no, you can't throw anything. So they keep that egg, no matter, even if it's so stink that the whole house can smell it. But they still fried it and put a lot of salts and different things, try to cover the, the taste, and they eat it. And uh, miracle, they don't die. But today, we got to eat coli or this and that, all kinds of things. Uh, just a little, one little thing can just kill the, the person. And so the, the, those days, the, the people, they're rugged. And uh, it seems like nothing hurt them. And so I remember that I, one time I was... Uh, uh, the little kids was a play down there, and we don't have nothing to play, no game you can play. The only thing we play, we jump off the window from the fourth floor and jump out to the, on the street. There's a pile of sand. That's our fine. That's our fine time of doing it. So we jump and jump. One time I would jump into the sand. It was too high. They, they dig a hole. I drop in the hole. The whole sand buried me. I have to uh, work my way out to, instead of get suffocated. But you know, people are tough. But nowadays, people are soft living. Everything, boy, you're, you're, you're uh, almost like you sniff air that uh, uh, coming from California. You can get a, uh, you can get a choked uh, to death. Almost feel like. Well, in Beijing, in China, when that's every day. 
Every day we got a California fire, and nobody uh, seems seems like uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, people just live rugged. It's just something that uh, everyday life, uh, everyday living. But nowadays, where we're living, people, I know that most of the people they can relate it to this, and uh, but the, that's what's the characteristic of the age that we're living in, and who make this is like this. It's not God making it like this. Because there is a God in this evil age. Satan, he specifically make everything just like what we are facing right now. So the author behind this is not God to try to make this as a life a more soft living and the, the, uh, catering to everybody and make the people just easy. You push a button and the, the clothes is uh, uh, the wash. You push another button, the food is ready. You push another button and the cars is running. And you push another button and maybe it's through cold and your door is open. It, it was a push button age. And so that's what is the Satan has a um, specifically make this as the age and make it so soft for what? For him to get attempting you. And for make this age become so soft that the people, they don't even know what is the wrong it meant. And that's a physically speaking. And you're talking about that when naturally, uh, that's a naturally speaking, but in a spiritually speaking, you'll find out it's the same way. And the, the Satan will introduce the things, make the believing become a, such an easy thing. Make it a, a, a believer supposed to be a rugged believer, then they become a soft believer. And then he, uh, he created a certain the doctrines and uh, the weight of, uh, uh, the spiritually speaking, the weight of a living, just making everything become a so soft and just, oh, you know, you just uh, come to the church, just shake hands with the pastor, then uh, claim yourself that you're a Methodist and a Baptist. You know, you're a saved, you go to heaven. And even the people, you go to the funeral, and the, on the funeral they said, oh, certain, certain people. The other day I saw the little uh, the article, I think it was a certain movie star or whoever, uh, the rap star or something. And he was uh, died, and, and the, they make the funeral, they said, oh, we will see you uh, in heaven. I was thinking, if that's the heaven, I'm not going. To whistle the, 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 the person with all the frill, the, the type of hair, the rap star and the boogly woogly and, and everything. You mean to talk to me, I'll meet him in heaven? If he's there, I go somewhere else. But you see, that's what's the easy believing. What is the world the Satan has created? Makes it that the people, everybody go to heaven. And then it will come to our room. Everybody's a believer. Everybody's a Christian. As long as you claim yourself, you know, I believe in the message, you're a believer. Instead of to have the born again experience. Instead of to the boo-hoo and to come to the altar, the tears with the shedding, and to repent it before God. Have a nature change. Have a life change. Have something that that changed from upside down. That changed between a totally different person. But everything becomes easy. You know, you can be an easy believer. Easy believing. And that the devil has a specifically make that for this age. And it's the human's nature. They want to, um, they want to go to an easy road. And uh, the one day I was, uh, uh, this is before the, the COVID, I, I think that was the, uh, just last year or something, I was in, uh, doing the devotion that in the BCA. And I was speaking about how, uh, you know, I'm so thankful the Lord to give us a school. And uh, 
uh, you know, he was a godly teacher, the godly atmosphere. I was saying that if I were you, I would be living in the school. I will be coming to the school every day. There's no response. And all the students look at me like I was uh, coming from uh, Mars or something. Then they realize no student likes school. It doesn't matter if it's a BC area or ABC. No matter what school, nobody likes school. No matter how godly, how good is the school it is. To them it is a uh, come to school. Oh, it's a work. You have to do the homework. You have to, you know, do this and that. To the, there, there's a, there, it's not easy. It's not something that you go there just, uh, uh, sipping lemonade under the, uh, the, 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 uh, the umbrella, uh, just, uh, you know, watching a sunset. No, going to school is a hard work. No matter how, uh, seems like the so wonderful in the environment, everything, but no students will like school. And for people, nobody like to go on the rough road. And no believer like trials. Who like trials? No believer like difficulty. No believer like uh, have to work, have to go, uh, you know, put efforts in the end in order to get to the spiritual benefit. Nobody like it. We want God to push us through a pipe so that Lord just end up this whole thing so the rapture happened. Let me go to the rapture. But do you know that the way to the rapture is the hardy road? The way, the rapture is the great moment. But go to that. It's the hard, hard road. It's a long process. It's to go through the thicket. It has to go through the burr. It has to go through uh, the, the trials, uh, the, the temptation. You have to go through. Sometimes you have to lose your friends. Sometimes you have to, a lot of time. You have to lose your loved one. The people that you love, you're thinking, will be the support to you. And they are the one. It seems like sometimes they're the one just uh, try to down and speaking down on you. Or speaking of the evil about you. You're expecting somebody to support you. To help you along the road. You'll find out it's not everybody. See good things about you. In this whole road. It's actually it's a lot of people try to stop you. To go through this road. You're thinking about. Uh, you know, go on this. Uh, you, you go to the church. You uh, listening to the service. Uh, uh, it seems like everything should be flowery. Everybody, everybody is a believer. But it's not everybody is a believer. And then the longer that you go on this as a process, you'll find out it's not just easy, everything which is a flowery. There's a lot of work is in that. There's a lot of uh, temptations is in there. There's a lot of uh, heartache that's in that. Though the rapture, it's just uh, one split of the second of the body change. But to go to that is a long process. It's a process that make a lot of the people that are... Uh, you find out on this road that there's many people laid aside, they're dead. That on this road that there's many people that failed. There are many people that are you thinking that, uh, uh, they're the, we, we, we can consider them as a the pillar. You think that they came to that message of believe and, uh, in the first few years, it seems like the no believer is more spiritual than them. But you give them a year, give them a time, uh, start testing them. After a few years, you don't see them anymore. It's a long road, and that road is a hard road. 
And Satan in this age is trying to make it everything. Just for you said, you know, it's easy. Easy believing. And if you go on uh, to uh, some of them, uh, uh, listen to some of the, the preaching. Uh, I, I don't want to mention the name, but you, you, some of the uh, televangelists, you're thinking about the, 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 the sermons that, that they preach, the, the, the way that they're, uh, they're uh, uh, catering uh, with uh, the people. What are they preaching at? Most of the time you'll find out it's just an intellectual conception. Tell you how to live a, a positive life. And tell you how to, uh, you know, make your marriage uh, become a more uh, successful. Or, you know, when you're facing a certain thing, the how to be uh, the, the person, how to manage your temper. You know, how to uh, manage your, make your personality uh, become a better you know, how to, uh, uh, you know, just uh, in, in whatever situation, you always uh, uh, try to be uh, positive. Some of the things that what they preach that actually is not wrong. But they're never based on this message. And also, you will find out another thing is, it's not only just based on a message, a person can preach in a sermon, just constantly uh, be on, on, on those uh, things that I was just mentioned, but without uh, giving the weightier matter. And then they can preach it about, you know, what we need a, our marriage, uh, need to be do this, and our daily life, and we need to do that. We need to create a different dynamic that in our family, how fathers should be, how mothers should be, how children should be, how this family should be running. If now we're not be careful, if we focus on the things, on those things, we forgot. Actually, that's not the whole message. That's a part of the message. That's a part of the blessing that followed the message. But that's not the message. There's an essence in the message. The essence of the message is not just give us a good family. The essence of this message is not just created a different dynamic than in the family. It's not just created a different atmosphere than between the marriage, the husband and the wife. The message is Jesus Christ. The message is a person. The message is giving a goal, a purpose. It's for the rapture, for the body change. It's not to reform our life on this earth. You will never have a perfect body that on this earth. I think Brother Tim mentioned, uh, mentioned that. You will never have a perfect marriage life on this earth. You will never... Sorry, Hannah. <laughs> you will never have a dream in the life... You know, if I get married, everything will come, it will get harder and harder. It will take a lot of work and it will go through the certain things. It's not the last of what you saw. So they're just a white horse prince on the horse and then riding into your life. And you're just a Cinderella just running to your loved one. It's not like that. I hope I didn't preach you sad. <laughs> I'll give you out afterward. But that's not to the core of the message that we are talking about. And that the people can, even in Jesus, and it said to the Pharisees, it said, vote unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithes or mint and anise and cumin, and have uh, omitted the weightier matter of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. This out ye have done, and not to leave the other undone. We want to balance the gospel. 
But balance doesn't mean 50-50. Balance doesn't mean 50-50. Balance means you have the right discernment, focus on the things you're supposed to be focused on. Balance means that you give your whole focus on the things will be beneficial for you, for your future home. Will be so that's what is the what we call the balance. Balance doesn't mean that we preach a little bit here, we believe a little bit, and just making everything just a 50-50. No, that's not a balance. Balance doesn't mean that we give our whole life to the things that is the weightier matter. Balance and means that is the whole life. Give the things to what Jesus say. That is the most important thing that in our life. In the Second Corinthians four sixteen, it's for which cause we faint not, but thou, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. No matter how you try to manage it, try to focus on the outward man. The outward man is perishing. Not only physically speaking, my mentally speaking, it's the same thing. But there's a something that is in the person, in that soul, that is a predestinated. That inward man is getting newer and stronger and that is stronger every day. Renewed every day. And only the word, the message of Christ, the person, the life can do that. Because the message has come, is catering for that inward man. We're not trying to extend the shell life of the outward man. Because the outward man is good, is perishable products. It's not just that we try to fix it up this or fix that up, up that. The outward man will never be fixed. Until the inward man be renewed day after day. When the inward man, by the word of this hour, by giving yourself, by believing the word, when the inward man was renewing every day, eventually the outward man, we were going to take off like a clothes. And God give us a new body. You can never make your reasoning, imagination, everything just perfectly coming in line. It will never come in line. Because of all the five cents in our mind, it was always in amity with what is in our soul. Because of this body is a perishable body. But when God prepared us for the body, which is when we dis- when this body, this tabernacle was dissolved, we have one tabernacle, it's already there, it is waiting for us. That tabernacle having a perfect reasoning. That tabernacle had a perfect imagination. That tabernacle have every five cents right in line with God's word. But this five cents is never going to be in line with the word. That's why this soul is trying to, is me to make this under subjection. That is a hard work. That is a long way. That is a battle. For the sinner to sin is a pleasure. For a believer to sin is a battle. It's a such a, how to say this? It's a such a, it's such a worst experience. For a drug, for a person that are in the world, they do the drug, to them is a pleasure. They love to do that. They can't wait to do that. But for a believer, 
and the evil believer who is a backside, even there's a predestinated seed in, in them, when they do all those kind of things, it's a battle for them. It's a hard way for them. And they push their way. They don't want to do it. But somehow the body was so strong. The temptation was so strong. Tempting them and pulling them to that. But after they done, they got a big hangover on them. And they, re- they, they regret why I do that or why I do that. And for a believer, for a young people who was born into the message, they're under attack of Satan. They're going through all the temptation. Just like anybody they have to go through. But to them, it's not just their conscience condemning them, but it's something that a predestinated seed, that gene seed that's in them, that's telling them, this is not the life. This is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not right. I'm not supposed to do this. I don't want to do that. And that doesn't give me the pleasure. But a temptation was so strong, pulling them into that. But the Word of a God... Will fix all the problem. Because the word of a God. is not just the outward man. Try to fix them up. The word of a God. When they receive it. When they make that a determination. Lord this is my day. I'm not going to live this life anymore. I'm not going to live this life any longer. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. That in one way, that I'm in the church, I'm in one way. At home, I'm in another. In the school, I'm in one way. When I come to the church, I'm in another. I'm not going to live a life like that. As a hypocrite, when a person makes that determination, when God was giving them the word and receive it, receive that life that is in them, that inward man changed. And when that inward man changed, then their nature changed. Their desire changed. Though they still have to the mind, but have a power that is in them. But until they have that a born again experience, until they have a something that is one name to them, their whole life, their desire is changed. They are constantly then in the battle. When you become a believer, does the battle over? No. It's not over. The battle still continue on. But always we know one thing. The one that is in you is greater than the one that is in the outside world. You have a power living in you. It's not means that the battles is over. But it means that you're on the winning side. You have a more power than this body can do. You have a more dominion. Sin cannot have a dominion over you. But you have a dominion over him. It is the rising of the sun. But Brahma said, he said that the very essence of the message that was sent that he is a risen, risen from the dead. He said that we are his beneficiary. The essence of the message is he is risen from the dead. That means he is resurrected. That means that the message that we believe is not just a doctrine, it's not just a theology, it's not just a book or some tape, but it's the resurrected of Christ. That means the power, that means the life, that means a person where you believe is not you live anymore, but it's not a person living in you. That is the, the center. 
that are resurrected to life that are living in the believer. And he said that we are his beneficiary. That means that we're reaped to benefit from it. It's not that just he's a resurrected in his own life there, and I'm another. You and him become one. Because he's a resurrected alive, now is a living in you. He said, we who share the resurrection with him, draw benefits from this. By proving to the world that he is alive. Where he lives, he'll live in you. How to prove he's alive? He's alive in you and me. He said, we cannot do it by word only. We cannot do it by some tradition of a man. We only reflect exactly what we're pointing to. He said, I'm afraid today that with too many, that too many of us are not getting people to Christ. We're getting them to a church, to a theory. But we must get them to Christ. He is the only one and the only one that has a life. He that has a son has a life. He said, how did we know he was a Christ? Because he proved what he talked about. How would I know the message of this hour? God approves what he promised. And he talks about it. That is an identif- identification. That we are beneficiaries with him in the resurrection. He proves what he has talked about. What God gave it to us is not something that's not approved. For the young people, to live a life is not something that is a far million miles away. Thousand miles away. It's not just it belongs to some older people. When they're getting 20 years in the message, then they have an experience with the Lord and then they can overcome sin. That life is to give everybody. That life is to give the young people, no matter how young you are or how old you are. When you receive a life, you receive life. It's not something you receive that, okay, I receive the life, I have to receive more. When that life is living in you, he will live himself out. But as I said, it's a long, difficult road. But what Satan tried to do, he tried to make this become easier. And because he know it's a human beings, is there a, um, is there a tendency that they tend to want to live or go on the easy road or live a, a easy life? What the people that try to do, they always try to do do the least, but try to get to the most. And so, uh, you know, we are no matter what, what type of a work that you do. And said, so if you are a builder and you try to make it all type of uh, electri- uh, a power tools as you can and try to make it a job that was a little easier, which is nothing wrong with it. But what I'm saying is when Satan will try to do in a spiritually, in a spiritually speaking, there's a no such a thing called an easy road. When we're, uh, though we uh, as a parents and we don't want our children that go through what we go through. But no matter how we try to preventing it, you'll find out that the children will have to go through the hardship. They have to go through uh, the temptation, the difficult, and some that they have to backslide and they do this and that uh, they go on to the world. And to the, that's the one of the children when they're in the teenage age and that's what they're going through. And we cannot help them and try to uh, 
makes it a shell, just knocks it a shell, do a little crack, and try to make somebody born again. They have to go through themselves to be born again. And no matter how we try to avoid it, but it was unavoidable. That a person, no matter how young they are, they must go through by themselves. They have it to themselves, has to have the born again experience. But you see what the devil tried to do. He tried to make the things become easier for you. And it's just for some people here just saying, you know, it was just easy. You just, uh, uh, you, you just uh, come to the church. That's all you need to do. But now even come to the church become a difficult. And I said, okay, you just stream the service. And you just uh, at home. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's, uh, uh, you know, you have to go through it all, uh, have to do this and that. You just, uh, uh, it's easy, easy life for you. You know, eventually you are something, you will get it. It's not eventually that you will get it. God will give us a grace. But grace is not to push you through the pipe. Grace is to give you power to overcome. Brother Bremer said, that in, um, is this the sign of the end, uh, end time, sir? And he, uh, he was talking about that in the dream. That is the one brother was dreaming. And that's uh, Brother Beeler. He said, I dreamed I was going down a stream of water towards the west. And there was a road on the left side. And I was on the left side going westward on the road, seeming like hunting for cattle. And on the right side, I happened to notice after I got down there, he said, there you were. He said, and you were rounding up a big bunch of a cattle. We talk about a bread of ram. And there was a plenty of feed over there. He said, then you go those cattle and start them back up the river. And seemingly that I must have nodded to him uh, to watch those cattle. Then he said, now it will be easy for those cattle. I know they will go the way of the least resist. The animals, they're going for uh, no matter what type of animal. They always try to find the easiest way that to go. The least resistance. And I, I just, uh, some, I think it Brother Richard, uh, the one time I was to go hunting with him, he uh, uh, told me that. When we saw the little trail, and he said, oh, this is a deer trail, or this is a where, uh, I thought, I thought, I saw the deer or bear, they go through the wood. He said, no, he said, they go, if there is a trail, if there is an easy road, he said, the bear want to walk on that, uh, uh, as well. And I'm thinking, well, that human being is the same way. And we always try to find that an easy road that we'll be going. And you know what? And Satan was specifically made a road easier than for you. And that is the dangers. Then Brother Branham gave the meaning of this dream. And he said, and now the interpretation of the dream is this. In so much that the stream was a large, he said it was a stream of life. He said, I was going westward on it. And so was he, because he was on the road. He was running down this road. And on the other side was a lot of grass, but lots of thickets and briars and jungle. But in there was much grass. He said that that's the way we hunt for the Lord and the food of the Lord through 
difficult. Whenever there is a difficult, and Brother Bram said that there is a lots of aggress there. There's a lot of a feeding there. The word of a God for the believer, they have to go through a lot of a difficulty. To believe the word, if it without a, or any distraction, if it without a, their trials, it's much easier. And when we're on the mountaintop, to believe in what is the word of a God has said. But when the trials start to come, a difficulty start to come, when the situation become a contrary, then it's become a hard to believe the word. But that's where the grass was laid. I think Brother Tom was speaking at the one time. It's the honey that in the dead line. It's the honey that's in the corpse. It's the word to your faith to believe the word that in the most difficult situation that will bring you the joy, that bring you the victory. If they just give us the word to believe without a difficulty, how to prove the word of a God is the truth? How to prove the word of a God is the power? And then the prophet said, he said, rounding up the cattle, he said, it was this church. He said, keeping them on thy side. He said, the cattle will actually go on the smooth road, the denomination if they can, which the road represented denomination. And then he said, in the crisis, the mystery of a God reveal. He said, Jesus said, and by, he said, you by your traditions has made to the word of a God of no effect. And a denomination by their organized intellectual reasoning has made God's word of no effect upon the people. And so what's the denomination? Is it become a, a tradition? The word of a God is not just a taking effect on the people. But the word of a God just uh, has become a tradition. And that the believing of the word, it just become a family tradition. And that coming to the church, and to the, to the, a lot of the church world, just become a tradition. And then the, the people, you'll find out that they always try to find the easy road. And the devil give them the easy road. You know, to become a tradition doesn't need any revelation. When, uh, when the things have become a tradition, it just, you always do. You, you just always go to church. You always just dress up. You always just uh, come to the church at a certain time and uh, the family sitting together and uh, listening to the service. That just become a tradition. When you become a tradition, they become a code. And then a, a, a COD. I become a code. And the way they become a code, everything is a traceable. Everything is a, a expectable. You expect it to be this way. And the one that become a tradition, it is something, oh, let's, let's, uh, I'll just give you an example. You know, as a, as a builder, if they're building a house, used to be they're doing it by experience. And then they can have some uh, inspiration. They try to make it this way and they make it that way. But nowadays, to building a house, you have to follow the code. And everything is just a code. In a big thick book, you have to go through everything. Just have to follow what is the book uh, has said. And I remember there was one time I heard uh, one... Uh, does, does anybody know Brother Dr. Otto? Uh, Otto Schleppner. And he's a tremendous 
uh, uh, dermatologist. And I I heard a lot of people speak of of very good things about uh, Dr. Otto. And uh, he can uh, diagnose with a certain, uh, uh, if there's a a skin has some problem, what does the Dr. Otto do? That he was uh, give a little cream and mix this little cream and a mix of that little cream and mix them together and make a medication for you. And then the, he healed the, the skin. And it can do a lot of things that the people that are from the pharmacy uh, just give it those medication doesn't work. But Dr. Alto can just mix some chemicals together and can uh, heal, the, uh, heal the people's skin. That takes a tremendous skill to do that. But then the one time uh, a brother told me, he said, now people don't do that anymore. Even in those type of a doctor, a doctor is only just follow the procedure. They have a, such a book that everything is uh, just everything just in that book. All you need to do is just so uh, if the book said this, you just do. If the book said that, you just do. If just everything would just become a, such a, uh, uh, I would say doctrine. Everything to become just the code book. Whatever you just follow, what is the code book to do, and then uh, uh, you will have the result. And the action of the code book doesn't allow you to have any inspiration. Any code book doesn't allow you to have uh, something uh, that what you consider as a new. If everything new to them is dangerous, if it's not in the code book, everything you find out is limited. And you find out that what is the tradition to do is exactly the same thing. It doesn't, the tradition has to do, it doesn't need a revelation. Everything is predictable. If you go to the church, you do this. If you have this situation, that's what you do. If you have that situation, is that what you do? But to the believer, that's not the case. To the believer, it has to have the Holy Spirit that in that person, it's the Holy Spirit that directs our daily life. It's not just that we try to make it a, every day as a cold book. Oh, if this happened, you do this. If that happened, you do that. You do by the Holy Ghost to lead you to do. And the Holy Ghost will never lead you out of what the Bible has said. But it has to make it what is the Bible become a reality to you. But you find out the tradition is not that way. Tradition as a church, the limit the Holy Spirit is doing. When it become a tradition, they don't need the Holy Spirit. They just shake hands with the preacher. They say, oh, you got to save. Oh, you do certain things that you got to save. You do this, you, gotta, you go to heaven. That's not the case for the believer. A believer is the person living into that person. When that person of a Christ is living in that person, he will direct you your everyday life. It's not just that the preacher trying to fix your life a problem. It's the Holy Spirit living in you, direct you to the Word of a God and make the Word to live inside of you. But what Satan tried to do to make everything just become easy. You know, you just follow the, uh, the you know, one, one time I was, uh, I was in China and I was uh, uh, preaching. And there's uh, just a little a group of uh, people there, probably 10 or 12 of people that are believer. And uh, I, I, I preached and, and afterward the pastor said, uh, uh, said to Brother Murphy, he said, uh, uh, can you, uh, you know, maybe teach us something about how to raise uh, children? i never done that. And that's the only time i done that. And after that, i never done that anymore. 
you know, when you were young, you think, uh, I just had my, my little boy uh, then. He, he was with me, just a little, little bit of kid. You know, when you were young, you think you know everything. When you were young, you were thinking, yeah, I can teach everybody how to raise children. No, I don't know how to teach children. When the more that you go with the Lord, you'll find out, no, you actually you don't know nothing. The more you'll be with the Lord, you'll find out, I'm not a teaching people, but Lord, let me become a teachable. That's the only thing I need to do, Lord. I'm feeling the storm, try to cross the river. But when you're young, you're thinking you're invincible. You're thinking, oh, I know everything. Whatever the message is, and I, you know, that's, I, I read the code book, I read the question and answer, this is the way to do, this is the way to do. But you see, it's not every time that one the other person's experience is what will be useful for you. It's not something that even your own experience, that what you have, it will be useful for the future. Sometimes I want you to think that you go through it is the Lord just give it a personal way just to yourself. But it doesn't mean that that will be applicable to everybody else. Everybody else has their own situation. You have your own trial. You have your own children's problem. I have my problem. But my problem, if it fixes, it doesn't mean it will fix your problem. Everybody have your own burden. That burden that you have to bear. I can support, I can pray, but it's the Holy Spirit living in you. It's the life of living in you. He is the burden bearer. He is the problem solver. And then uh, that night that I started uh, speaking about how to raise the children, and uh, to my surprise, there was about 50 people showed up. Uh, coming from a different church, come, uh, in the morning, there was only about a 12, uh, just a handful of people but when they heard about how to raise children, how to fix their marriage life, all of a sudden, everybody wants to come. Everybody coming over. Oh, yeah, we got a marriage problem. Yeah, we got a children problem. You know, this man is coming from Canada. He must be know a lot of then our Chinese know. He must be known out how to raise about children, how to fix the problem, marriage problem, this and that. They're all coming over. Everybody listen. And I was preaching that way. It feel, I feel like, hey, this is not, not bad. This is good. You, you get in the crowd. And everybody wants to hear that. But afterward, I feel so condemned. I feel so sad, actually. I said, Lord, in the morning, when I preach, I send a prophet. When I preach, you need to be born again. I said, the pastor has to preach the last Sunday. I know it was a, to, to a lot of us, we said, that's a simple. But that's essential. This is something that must be done. Preach the message and not to be popular. Preach the message and not just to try to solve the problem. Not to fix the marriage problem. Not to just to tell us how to raise our children. Not to try to help us to find a job. If this had a problem or that had a problem, how are we going to deal with it? That's not the essence of this message. The message is to bring another realm to here so that we desire that we can go to another realm. This is not my dwelling place. I feel so sad afterward. When I preach to God, send a prophet, only a handful listening. They fall asleep, someone. But when you start to tell about a marriage life, how to raise children, how to do this, how to do that, it seems like they're down to earth to them. It seems like to them it has become a popular. It seems like everybody wanted. 
You don't want your trainer, when you had a girlfriend, how are you gonna do? When you had a boyfriend, how you do? How you do the dating, how you do the courtship? Every same thing, that's very attracting people. I'm not saying that's is not to be. I'm saying that's needed. But what is the balance? The balance is not a 50-50. Focus on the things that's supposed to be focused on. We're not trying to build a house on this earth. We're trying to go to the house that God has already made it for us. Focus on that. That is our whole being. That's our whole desire for. That's our whole life was the gear in that for. And from that on, I tell the pastor, I said, that's not my focus. God called me to preach this message. God called me to bring the Christ, become a reality to people. It's not that the downgrade of the Christ just try to solve the different problem. But preach the Christ of that Christ to living in the person. Make them a filled condemned that they haven't done service to do the Lord. Make them in their heart, I need Christ living in me. I don't need a code book. I don't need a code book trying to teach me how to raise children. I need this book become a personal to me. I need a Christ to become a life to me. That's what we need to do. But Satan tried to make everything become easier. He tried to make everything become just a code book. If this problem happened, you go here. If that problem happened, you do this. It's not a code book. Everybody have their own problem. Everybody have their own burden. Everybody have their own trials that they have to go through. It's not a going through a certain code book together. Don't misunderstand. I'm not telling you that you don't go to the message. You do go back to the message. But the message is not a code book. The message should be anointed, should be showered by the blessing of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit anointed that word, that word will become a specific name for you personally. And then they start to speak to your heart. It starts to the way you pray, and then the presence of a God are coming down. And then anyone that coming down, he drive away Satan. He drive away the situation. Then the problem will be solved. That's supposed to be. Rebecca said it was attraction on a mountain. He said that's what's the denomination. Has done to the word of a God, made a word of a God of a note effect by their traditions. That's thus says the Spirit of the Lord. They have brought forth the lemons, grapefruits, but not oranges. You see, that's why this denomination of the world that they can't receive the prophet. Because the prophet it doesn't according come doesn't according to their coat book. They haven't made God become a tradition. That means that they ought to put all the lines and uh, boxes and everything and put God into that. And God cannot reveal Himself to them. I'm afraid sometimes if we believers has to become that. And we start to have a message as the code book. Instead of a, to know the message is to know that person. It has to be that person that it become a real that it to our young people, to our older people, no matter who's that, it has to be Christ become a personal to us. It's not just the way we follow certain rules. It's not we just the, the has the long skirt, it has the, uh, the long hair. It's just not a certain book that we follow. 
But it's that experience with the Lord. That nature changed. That life has changed. That person was a desire was totally changed toward God. Is that just a mom forced them to do? Is that just a daddy forced them to do? Is that trying to force them to follow certain rule? But they have a person living in them. But this church, they cannot receive the prophet. When he has a revelation that is so different from what is the church of the world has taught, then anything is not according to their code book. And then they couldn't receive it anymore. But that's what does Satan do? He tried to make everything become easier. Even when in the first king, in chapter 12 of verse 27, when in Jerubbabel, when he was ahead of another 10 tribes, that he afraid out of the people to go down to the Jerusalem. Then he said, if this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, king of uh, Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. What does Satan try to do? Make it a worship and become easier. The worship had never become a, it never supposed to be easier. You know, to try something, even to come to church, it's not supposed to be easier. To wait on a nine o'clock, just for about a few seconds, and to try to, uh, Make your finger, push the button, try to come to a, grab a seat. It's not easier. But you say, what does Satan try to do? He wants to make it a way, become more easier. And so that it will become an excuse for you. And then you can go on the easy road. And said so you can still go on the easy road, but you can still worship God. When Satan tried to make something like that, you know there is a, a act behind it. And he tried to that other person's alive become a cooler and cooler and cooler. And you'll find out what is the COVID to do. And during this time, that a certain people, they become a cooler and cooler and cooler. And then they become a, the things that they just give, the say is a Satan try to make the things to become easier. You know, instead of coming to the church, well, we, we, you know, it's just too much of a trouble. It's just too much of a, a fight and this and that. And then we just uh, stream it at a, uh, just stream it at a home. You know, to some of them, just said, oh, I, you know, it was just a, too much of a problem. I just, you know, I, uh, I, I'm just not going to do it. I, I would be at home. I can still worship God. I can still do that. You'll find out that Satan is always trying to make things much more easier for you. Believe me. If there is a, by any means, we want everybody come to the church. We want everybody to sitting in the congregation. If there is any way better than the, to grab a seat on, to make it a booking, we will do it. But we can't do it. The rules in this world, who make this rule? Satan make that rule. 
What is to try to do? Make it a road to become a, make it become harder to come to the road and let him make another way easier for you. Said, okay, well that's fine. You can still do the, you can still believe in the Lord. You can still believe it in the message, but you don't have to do this. What does the Satan do? He created a rule. He created a law and different things and it make you cannot do what you normally do. But on the other hand, he make it easier for you so that you can just go for the easy road. What he tried to do? Diminishing the people's faith. And then people become a weary. Then they become a fainting. Then they become a lost their zeal. Then they become a lost their zealous. The passion. They start to getting lower and lower and lower. But what does the God said? Faint, yet pursue it. On the outside, it is, a, things is not becoming easier. It's like Gideon. When he was to go through the fighting with those as the enemy. And, uh, he was a, the Bible says, uh, those are Ephraim tribe. And they tried to tell the, the Gideon, you know, start to chiding with him. When he was chasing the enemy, it doesn't get to the things that's getting easier. Nobody was supporting him. But on, and on, actually on the opposite, they started opposing. What is this Gideon trying to do? But the Bible said that Gideon just used a softer word to defer to their chiding. And because he only got a one focus, that is the defeated enemy. No matter how fainting that he is, no matter how weak that he is, but the purpose only one, faint yet pursuing. So when Satan was to try to make this uh, world and everything just do going through what we're going through, this COVID and the different things that happened. But the Lord had to try to tell us, though we're fainting, but yet there is a power that's a lady in the person that we can still pursue. It's not a you try to pursuing, but it was a something in you will make you pursuing. It's not that we try to let it force ourselves, make ourselves, oh, I have to do this. But there's a life living in the believer that it just can't take no for an answer. But the Bible said in the Easter seal, he said that when the Holy Spirit come, he said that you are on earth, walking around here as a sinner, way down in your life, there was a something. You don't know what's taking place, but you're hungry. He said, I heard a, he said, I heard a Presbyterian brother, I heard that a Baptist talking about back there, he was a free will Baptist, the preaching where he can. He said, my fellow, my fellow brother, that you, there's a something in you. Something that you never put in there. Is something that you couldn't desire to be in there. Is something that is a contrary to your own nature. It's the foreknowledge of a God taking place. That's God's word. To a believer, they always have a desire that in their heart. It's always have a desire like that of the woman. 
that she said, she felt that in her heart, this is not right. For a believer, it's the same thing. When we're living in the, the condition like this, something in that a believer said, the Lord, this is not right. This is not what it's supposed to be. It's not right for the believer to not live a victorious life. It's not right for the believer to cannot say the deliverance that is in our life. For a believer, there's always to have a desire that is in the Lord. We don't want to be just like what we're right now. It's not like that I'm a sinner. It's not like that I do the drugs that I do the smoke. But Lord, there's a something that in my life is a craving for something higher. That in my life, there was a something that was desiring for the more of the Lord. You see, what is the tr- Satan tried to do? He tried to make this thing, this thing to become the new normal. He make the world become, this has become a new normal. I'm not talking about a COVID or the physical, the, uh, the distancing that we have. I'm talking about the Satan is trying to make it spiritually that become a new normal. He will try to make it a new normal that you can just be what you are right now without having to make progress. He will make that become a new normal. He will make it a new normal that you can just be just sailing along. Just cruising. You know, the rapture going to home, you're just cruising along. And then the zeal lost. The passion lost. And they just go for the daily living. Just go to the school, just go to work, just do the daily things, just come back to home, and just do the daily, just everyday life, just become normal. And it used to be that we can come to the church, and every Wednesday, every Sunday, but now it cuts your coming to the church. To some people, there was almost half to have, to some people, none. I'm not scolding you for you not coming to the church. I'm letting you to recognize what is the Satan's trick. He want to make these things become a new normal for you. He make the road to become more easier for you. And make an excuse for you. And when the hard, when the road to God, when the road to the rapture is always hard, always with a ticket, always with a prayer. But when Satan tried to cut that, and in making it become a new normal, you will find out your faith to God, your passion to God, become a lower and lower and lower. What does the devil try to do? What he cannot achieve did it before, he can achieve now. Is he created all the circumstances? Is he making all these things that happen? And that the people become aware. But the Bible said to Gideon, though he weary, yet he pursuing. That's why to a believer, there was always that there was a something that in the true believer, they always desire, Lord, I want a more of you. Lord, I have a desire in my heart. Lord, it's not a fulfilling. I know that the world had a rule. I know the world had a rule that we can only have 50 people down, that 50 people up. I know that we can only grab the, maybe the two service before to go to the church. But you see, God and never less is a power. But when we recognize what is the Satan's, what is the trick it is, let's do what is the Gideon's doing. 
We're fainting. We're limited by the rule. But yet we're pursuing. God put a desire in the person's heart. God put a desire in the believer's heart. We're fainting, but yet we're pursuing. But Abraham said in the Easter seal, he said, oh, we were man or woman. This morning, while you're sitting here, I said, there's a something in you telling you this is right. It's the Holy Spirit speaking you out to bring you to knowledge of truth of this hour that we are now living. Not some hour that's gone by, but an hour right now. He said, the very essence of this resurrection is to tell and to show and to prove that Jesus has risen up from the dead. He's not dead. He's a living. He lives here. He's in us. He said, I will be with you, even in you. A little while and the world sees me no more. Yet ye shall see me. For I will be with you, even in you, unto the end of the world. Though there is a limitation, but God has no limitation. Though there is a rule that limited you to come, but in God there is no rule for you that He is not living in you so that you can do it. But God living in you, He got a life living in that other person. No matter what situation that you are in, no matter how difficult, how contrary, similar situation it was against you, but there was still there was a gene seed of God that living in the believer's life. It's like those in the, the disciples in the, on the road of Emmaus. When they're in that weakest moment, and they're, the Lord, the Christ, has been crucified, and what they expected of the Messiah, and He has died. And those people in their weakest moment, when they walk on the road, but Jesus Christ is drawing nigh unto them. He started to walk with them. Though they uh, didn't recognize Him, but Christ is still speaking with them. He's still walking with them. No matter what situation that you are living in, sometimes we feel that our eyes seem to have filmed it over. But you know that Christ is still walking with us? You know that Christ that is still talking to us? No matter what situation, how difficult it is, that the Christ is still walking with those disciples. And when they invited the Christ, Christ is to go in with them. And they started talking to them and breaking bread with them. And then they recognized. No matter how fainting that we seem that we are in, no matter how weary that you seem that we are in, but wait, but faint, but yet pursue him. Who's doing that? It's not a way try to pursue Him. There's no power that is living in us that we can't pursue. But it's Him that is living in us that is the pursuing. It's that sea life that is living in you. That is the pursuing. But Abraham said it is the rising of the sun. He said, the waving of the sheaf. And what was the sheaf? He said, the first one that come to mature. The first one that proved he was awake. 
That proved it was a sheaf. He said, hallelujah, I'm sure you see what I'm talking about. It was a wave over the people. And the first time there will come forth for the bright age, for a resurrection out of a dark denominationalism will be a message that a full maturity of the word has turned back yet again in its full power. And it being waved over the people by the same signs and the wonders that he did back there. What to the message? What is the message that the Lord gave it to us? He said it's the full maturity of the word has turned back again in its full power. We're not just a receiver of word. We're not just a receiver of the book. We receive that the mature of the word has to turn back again in its full power. When you receive that word, that word had enough power to drive every devil away. That word had enough power to drive every coldness away. That word had enough power, no matter what situation, how cold, formal, and the situation that you are in, but that power can drive away all the coldness, all the formality. When Gideon, when he was uh, chasing those enemies, the Lord has to give him a weapon. I speak a little before. The weapon is uh, the treasure that in that earthen vessel. Is it a lamp that in the pot that it breaks to show the lights? And when Gideon has that other weapon, he doesn't need to seeking another weapon, try to chasing an enemy. When God gave him a weapon in the beginning, that's the weapon he would always use. When God gave us the weapon that is in the beginning, and that's the weapon we're going to use, going to use it all the way through to the end. If God gave us a message in the beginning to let us believe, to overcome Satan, to take us out of the denomination, it's the same weapon that we're using all the way to the rapture. We don't need to seeking other, uh, seeking others the doctrine. We don't need to seeking other books. We don't need to seeking other, try to solve the problem. The only thing that we have is the message of this hour. That's the proof, the word that God gave it to us. If that's the weapon in the beginning, that is also the weapon to the end. You see, the devil, when he was working, he's always working in fear. He's out of the people too afraid. And that's what is making people become weary, become a fainting. And in this hour especially, you find that the devil, that in this hour, he always used to fear uh, for the, so, so that the people become confused. The people don't know what to do. He used the sickness to make the people began to fear. And he used a financial failure and to, the, to make the people to fear. He had to work on the economic crash and then make the people to fear. And he worked on the virus to make the people fear. And then he used the media and everything to talk to the people, said to the second wave to come. All of that tried to make the people to fear because that's the devil's too. His tool is always work on fear. And the garment and everything. That's what Satan's weapon. 
But the believers of the weapon is the faith to believe in what is the word of God has said. It's not the words that the devil will try to say to us, but it's the what is the word of God has said to us. Satan is a very good adversary. And if you just abide our own ability, you will never be able to overcome him. You think about a Satan that has been uh, preached to the angels and lead to the a sinless angel, one third of them, and lead them all to sin, and uh, bring them all down on the earth. He's a tremendous preacher, and he can uh, he he can reason, he can do everything. that is so powerful that no man can uh, will be ever parallel with him, compares with him. But you see, Satan still was a casting out of the heaven. The reason he was a casting out of the heaven, because he can't stay with the word. And he has to have his own idea. And he has to have his own thinking about certain things. And he wants to build up a, a kingdom that is more beautiful than Michael had. But then Satan, by the power of the Lord, cast him out of the heaven. But you see, no matter where, how weak that you are, you haven't left it heaven yet. We were always there. The Bible said in the, the it said that the son of a man, well, who is on earth, but is it also that in heaven? You see, when Jesus is coming down, he's not a cast down onto the earth. He's a coming down onto this earth. Satan was a cast out of heaven, but it was a cast down onto the earth. And we're not a cast down, cast out of heaven, down on this earth. But God put us on this earthly body. When Jesus was in this earthly body, but yet He's still in heaven. If we are in Jesus Christ, wherever Jesus is, we are there always. When Jesus go back to the heaven, we're there. When Jesus is on this earth, we are there in Him as an attribute. But when Jesus lifted us to the earth, go back to the heavenly place, we're still in Him. We never left in Him. Wherever the Son of a man is, wherever the bridegroom is, that's where the bride is. Wherever Jesus is, that's where the Son and Daughter of God it is. Is the Satan was a cast down. On this earth. But we never cast out on this earth. Only God put us in this earth. To go through the, the test. But if God put us down this earth. He will give us enough power. To overcome what is the earth has offered. Whatever it is the earth that tried to do against you. You don't have to be fear. The earth. Satan will work on fear. But God will work on faith. He already put it in the face that in the person, because you are the predestinated seed of God, you as the gene of God, that you possess the attributes, the life of God in you, that can overcome every challenge of Satan. You know that the Bible said in Luke 12, He said, I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. 
I said, the Satan work on fear. Fear is a terrible thing. When a, pe- when a person is in fear, they basically they are paralyzed. I mean that they are paralyzed. And they cannot function. When people are out of fear, they don't know, they're, they're in a total confusion. You think about it, the whole world right now is working on the fear. The people that fear about this, uh, this virus, the people that fear about the, the second wave. Uh, I, I, I was, I was so, it was so interesting that the people, when, when the, when the president, uh, the Trump was, uh, Diagnosis with COVID. And you see, uh, the, uh, one of the news said, it rocked the whole world. Don't misunderstand. I do pray for uh, Mr. Trump. I'm not joking. I spent a time to pray for Mr. Trump. Uh, because uh, he's leading the country. And I pray for him, for a person, as a soul, as a person. He's the one to leading uh, this country. No matter we like it, like him or don't like him. But he's just a person that's a soul like anybody else is that we are the soul. And he ended a position to leading the country. But I'm thinking about that become a, a first, a biggest a, a news in the whole world. It almost sounds to me, our president got a cold. Got a, or got a flu. Then the whole world is just noticed it was around that. I'm saying in the same time, when Jesus got a dirty feet and nobody even cared about it. When at the same time that the people living in sin, there's nobody caring about it. When at the same time that the Christian should be living a godly life, nobody caring about it. But the whole world was just because they got a COVID, everybody was secured about it. Every news, everything was on top of that. But you see, Satan was a work on a fear. So when the fear to come, and then they make it the people, they have to wash their hands, they have to do the hygiene and everything. Oh, I'm not against those, those things that we need to do. But there's the essence of this message. It's faith to believe the word, to that the word living in us, to that the life will be manifested. When Satan started to bring fear on the people, then the people cannot function anymore. But you see, we're talking about the Satan, what Satan can do. But as the use of the last few minutes, we're talking about what Satan cannot do. We're talking about Satan can making people sick. He can put a virus, he can put this in. But the Satan cannot make you always sick. Because the God is a healer. He can get, Satan can afflict you, but Satan cannot afflict you forever. Do you know that a healing virtue is a living right in you? Do you know that a healing power is a living right in you? And you yourself possess that a healing power that's in you. When a person was a sick, that healing power lived right in you, Sister Rena. That healing power can heal the wound, Brother Tom. That healing power inside of a doctor can put it together, but the healer is God. He can make the skin come all together. He can drive away the infection. He can drive away all the things of the wounds and everything that need to be healed together. God can do that. He's the only healer. If your immune system inside of you is getting weak, 
God even created that doctor beside you. That you may, to do whatever they can to aid God's healing. Who gave the doctor the knowledge? Who makes the doctor to study seven years, eight years, ten years? It's not them. God gave them the wisdom to do it. God gave them the determination they must find some vaccine. God gave them the determination they must find a cure to the certain disease. Why is that? Because God said, my son and my daughter need you to work on them. When your personal immune system started getting weak, God said, I needed to, to training this doctor in a certain, certain school and let him to study day and night, day and night. Some even a single for all this year, just try to find the vaccine or the medication. What is to try to do? God said, you going to do help my believer, my, my son and my daughter. It's God give them the wisdom to do that. And when everything failed, God said, let me step in forward. I am your healer. I'm the miracle worker. When a doctor feels, when a medication feels, when your own body feels you, but I will never feel. Amen. Satan can put sickness on, but Satan cannot and never, can never always keep you sick. God is the healer. He will bring you back to normal. Even when a person dies, Satan cannot hold them. The dying is only the stepping stone. It's like a chariot to bring that a person before the presence of a God. And then when the Satan suck out the last breath of a believer, and in a split second, that believer in the presence of a God. Satan cannot do anything. He can kill the body, but he cannot kill the soul. So the Lord said, that's why, be not afraid. He can only kill the body, and after that, he cannot do anything anymore. Satan can deceive? Yes. He deceived the whole world. And sometimes, he can even deceive a believer. But you know what Satan cannot do? He cannot always deceive a believer. It will have a time the believer will wake up. It will have a time when the Satan was deceiving me that in the denomination, but something inside of me craving for God. And when time of a God is a come, God said that your deceiveness is over. It's a stop to the right now. Then the light starts to shine. Satan cannot always deceive. Satan may be deceiving your children. Satan may be deceiving them and them to go back to the world, but Satan cannot hold them all the time. When the time of God comes, God will shine on the light on them. That's what Satan cannot do. Satan can deceive for a while, but he cannot always deceive. The Satan can take your children. He can take them for a while. But he cannot always take them. He maybe can make them sick, but he cannot always make them sick. He can maybe make them to go back to the world and live a filthy life, but he cannot always do that. Because when God comes, when the time of a God is ripened, is mature, when God comes under the sin, he will deliver your children. 
Satan, on this earth, he can keep a believer that is downtrodden, depressed, and distressed. But he cannot always do that. He may be going to do that for a while, but he cannot do that forever. When the time of God come, when the light of God shine upon them, God will deliver them. It's just like Satan cannot keep Jesus always forever on this earth. Though he can crucify them, though they can uh, use the, the, uh, to a striper to flog it on him, but he cannot keep Jesus forever on this earth. He cannot keep Jesus forever in the grave. When the time of God come, Jesus Christ was resurrected. If Jesus Christ would do that too, if God do that to Jesus, when He was on earth, He would do the same thing that on you. And in Matthew 10 and 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And He said, They're able, not able, able, in the Greek means dynamite. It means, that means Satan not able to kill the soul. That means Satan having not enough dynamite can kill your soul. He might be having an atomic bomb that can kill your body, but he cannot kill your soul. He might be having a sickness as a bomb to kill your body, but he cannot kill your soul. He might be can deceive your mind, but he can never deceive your soul. Because your soul doesn't belong to him, your soul belongs to God. And that able means dynamite. It also means to be able, have a power, whether by virtue of one's own ability and resource, or of a state of a mind, or through favorable circumstances, or by permission of a law or custom, to be able to do something, to be capable, strong, and powerful. Let me wrap it up over here. But I said it's Satan... The, the Lord said, the devil is not able. The able, that means that the dynamite is uh, able whether by virtue of one's ability and resource. That means that the devil have no virtue or resource to kill your soul. No matter how seemingly the Satan seems powerful, but he got no virtue, no ability, and he got no resource can kill your soul. Because your soul is the gene of God. That possesses the life of God. That soul desiring for God. Though the outside body is a faint, but yet we're pursuing. Why pursuing? Because that soul living in the person, it was a pursuing. That life living in the person that was pursuing, that life is the virtue, is the resource. Satan doesn't possess that resource. Though he may be used to whatever resource he had to make your body faint, to make you weary, to try to deceive you, but he can never do nothing harm to your soul, to that desire to God, to that faith toward God. Though he can get all the resources in the world, but he have a non-resource that uh, possess your soul.
Because only God possesses us all. And he said that Satan also, he said all, able also means that a state of the mind. So that means that Satan can use all the genius and mind that in the world, but he still cannot affect anything of your soul. He may be divide, invented all this device and all the influence that your own mind, sometimes even under the cloud, under the depression, the distress, sometimes even have a nervous breakdown like Elijah had. But a Satan have a no state of a mind, have a nothing that it can put you down to your soul. That means your soul is a belongs to God. Satan has no power that over your soul. We're faint, but yet in that soul we're pursue, we're pursuing. Satan maybe can have to make the whole world, and he says that able also means the favorable circumstances. How Satan has to make the circumstances become so favorable for him. He's making the law. He's making the custom. He's making all kinds of rules. Try to limit your freedom. Try to limit that you come to the church. But it cannot limit your soul. Because in thy soul, that's the gin of God. Satan has no power to that. We're fainting on the outside. But yet, inside of the inside, we're still pursuing. Because it's not me pursuing but it's not a gin seed of a God. The predestinated seed inside of us, we're pursuing. Satan can do a lot of things, but those things he cannot do. Let a musician come. Though he can create a fear, he can do all kinds of things, try to affect it at a person's body, that outside... But Satan has no power to kill your soul. But he said, fear not them that which kill the body, but not able to kill the soul. But rather, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and the body in hell. That is the fear that we have. Not fear what the world can do, but all we fear, we fear God. It's like a brother Brahma talking about that other woman washing Jesus' feet. And the brother Brahma said, she's only fearing that what she did is not right or not. That's all, all we fear that about. The only thing that we fear if we haven't do a service for Jesus Christ right. Though we're fainting on the outside, on the mind, we're sort of battling, but on the inside of the inside, we're still pursuing. And God gave us a weapon for that. By faith toward the word that God giveth to us in this hour. That is the stand. Let's sing a song. He came to me. Nathan, if you can help me.
Pastor, many times he mentioned how the Lord came to him when he was on the log. That's how the Lord came to him. But I remember when God came to me. When he said, a rainy day, rainy day, I was sitting on the chair. I was rocking in that chair. I was rocking. I was saying, Lord, why is it so hard to know a God that is in the real? Lord, I want to know you. I don't want a message to just become a, a, a book that I read. I don't want to just uh, come out from a one denomination, just seeming to go to another denomination. Lord, I don't want to. I don't want to just go to church. I don't want to just listen to a, to a tape, uh, you know, just, uh, oh, that's another pretty good sermon. I said, Lord, I want you to come to me. And you know what? The Lord come to me. And from that moment, I'd never be the same. When he pointed me back to the word, when he pointing me back to what he said in the scripture, back to the message, and he said unto me, he said, this is you that I find my place in the word of God. And from that time on, I'd never be the same. People, young people, older people are alike. All we needed experience. We need experience, not just a lightning or thundering or you saw a vision, or you, you can speak in the tongue, or whatever. If that's, that's what's happened to you, that is marvelous, that's good. But you don't have to have that, to have that experience. You just have to let the Lord appoint you back to the Word. And it says, that's you, and your life changed. You find out your desire changed. The world started to lose the attraction for you. Something happens in your life. Make you become a going to, looking forward to heavenward. Your life was totally changed. I was thinking about that woman washing Jesus' feet. I just cannot get a, get out of that out of woman. I was thinking, what a woman that is. What makes that woman become the Lord, forgive all her sin? She's as filthy as she can be. 
She doesn't need the priest to tell her she's wrong. She knows she's wrong. She doesn't need the preacher to tell her wrong. She realizes she's wrong. She never been right. She's wrong from the beginning. Every day of his life, she's wrong. She doesn't need to come to Jesus Christ to tell Jesus, please reveal me what's wrong with me. She knows what's wrong with her. She need a cure. She went before Jesus. And she just saw one thing. This is not right. And all what she had, all what was going through her mind, just that few words. This is not right. It's not as to reveal what's wrong with her, but she said, this is not right. This is not to the way to treat the message of that hour. The message of that hour need a service. And nobody doing it. Brother Branham, do you know Brother Branham said uh, Jesus' disciples was around there too? Because whenever Jesus goes, his disciples follow. But Jesus' disciples cannot go in. They're all on the outside. They saw Jesus got dirty feet. They saw the way they treat Jesus. But not one disciple push aside everybody, go in to do Jesus' service. Only that woman. Everybody else, all the disciples of Peter, Jim and John, probably said, pounding at the table, said, this is not right. Why do they treat my master like that? While they had a righteous indignation, they saw there's a woman pushing aside all the crowd. They saw a filthy woman. If I can say as backslide as it can be, as sinful as it can be, push aside. Excuse me, sir. Can you move aside a little bit? Excuse me, sir. Can you move aside a little bit? And then she walked to Jesus' feet. The tears started dropping. And started flowing out. And she started crying. And she started washing. She started kissing. And she pulled out her anointment. And she put anointment on the Jesus' feet. A filthy woman like that. You know God doesn't check how good you are. He doesn't check how bad you are either. He got all the power. He just needed someone to do him a service. He just needed some heart that's a pure, some heart that the inside of the heart is that the Lord, I desire you. I want a more of you. Lord, I saw the feet has been walking on my life, started getting dirty, started to pick up all the dust, started to pick up this habit and that habit, all the things that's not right. This is something that's wrong. It's not right. They're not supposed to treat Jesus like that. Just by the repenting tears. And then the tear to wash off all the dirt. You know, Jesus, all he needs, just one person. Not just talking about it, but just to put on an action. Push aside all the hindrance. Push aside all the condemnation. Push aside everything aside. Say, Lord, I'm coming to do a service for you. I'm coming to serve you. I come as the what I am. Oh, and not a one thing I can bring to you. But I'm just coming to do God a service. Shall we sing that song that again? He came to me. He came to me.
Father, how we thank you, Lord. How we thank you that before the foundation of the world, you put that gym seed in us. Lord, because you know that we're going to come in this age, this mostly evil and dark age. But Lord, you never cast it out as out of heaven, but you put us down here. You have a confidence. It's not a to your confidence for us, but Lord, you have a confidence to the seed gene, seed of God that you put it in us. You intended us to be here to be the overcomer. Lord, what we can see that the body is getting weak, that the body can getting weary. Lord, when we're battling with Satan. Lord, in our life, somebody in their job or different things, the daily life that we're living in can make us feel weary, can become a fiend. But Lord, is that gene that is crying out, "I want more of the Lord"? Is that a seed, that desire, that is living in us, was crying out, "Lord, I want more of You"? Though Satan has created the perfect circumstances in favorable of him, he makes all this difference. The COVID, the different things, different level of fear that try to take a hold of the people. But Lord, how we thankful that He can only kill the body, but He cannot do anything to the soul. But that soul is the Lord. You give it to us. And that soul is the lace of the seed of a God. It's the life of a God living in there. Lord, we don't fear Him. We only fear You. Just fear we're not to do the right service for You. Father, I just pray You be with every one of us, no matter if it's here or watching the monitor, streaming the service. Lord, I just pray that You go to each room, each person. Lord, how we're yearning and longing to want to see our dear brothers is all coming to the congregation that we can worship together and can say praise to you. But Lord, we know on the outside we're limited to do that. But Lord, our heart is still pursuing. Lord, we're pursuing for that goal. We're pursuing for that moment we can all gather together. Lord, if not on this earth, Lord, we know we'll be all gathered together in the split seconds. That it before the presence of a God, Lord, I commit everyone into Your hand. You know what the people are going through. You know what the hard battle they're battling. Lord, that this is called the battle without a smoke. This is the battle is on the mind. Lord, we 
the different the, the senses is to try to bring your children down. But Lord, as the scripture has said, we're fainting, but Lord, yet we're pursuing. Because in the heart is the power of God, of the life of Jesus Christ that laid in us. We give you all the thanks, Lord. We don't fear because, Lord, we're not a slave anymore. We're the children of God. God, help every one of us. As tonight, as we're dismissing the children, the children of the God, Lord, tonight, this afternoon, when they are at the Mountain Baker camp there, when the meetings is continuing on, Lord, we just pray that your presence to come down that again, to fellowship with your children, to anoint our brother, anointing the believers on the U.S. side, how we love them, how we appreciate them. Lord, it went through a lot. But Lord, I believe that the same God is here, is the same God is over there. Lord, I just pray that you bring strength to your children. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Can we sing a song? Uh, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Before we go. I'm no longer every one of you as you are continue to worship and if you want to stay you're welcome to stay and uh, we are keeping the rules and keeping the social distancing and uh, you can I know you can't shake your hands but you can uh, do an eye shake <laughs> with uh, each other just say the best thing you can say say God bless you and deeply from our heart may the Lord bless you and at 4 o'clock in the Montebaker camp and we'll have a service and the the sanctuary and the balcony is also going to be open if you have it registered and you can come and may the Lord bless every one of you that's the same courses again before we go oh I'm no longer
you and you are dismissed. You are no longer a slave because you are a child of God. Because you possess the gene seed of God. The devil cannot bring any fear to the seed of God. Paul said, death, where is your stand? And where is your grave? Where is your victory? But by our Lord Jesus Christ, we have overcome. May the Lord bless every one of you. God bless you.